Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Sal Vetri here, and we're going to break down the Thursday, Thanksgiving night, the divisional matchup between the Atlanta Falcons showdown sleep. Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints. I'm excited. There's multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to first. Some nice contests overall. Honestly, I've been really liking these second half showdown slates because you just know the game flow better and you can kind of predict what's going to happen. Easier to eliminate players from the player pool. But depending on when you're watching this, probably on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you tuning into my podcast and YouTube episode. If you get any value from this video and you thought it was helpful, you used it in your process, I really appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button and the like button over on YouTube and on the podcast hitting the subscribe button and doing a rate and review a couple of seconds to hit the five stars and if you like something about the show please do share it uh, getting those reviews really helps and subscribing over on youtube helps me out the most as an independent content creator over here on youtube and the audio version so that's what you can do to help me out. Linked up down below, I helped you out by giving you some free strategy guides along with this video and podcast. Free strategy guides are linked up in the description of the podcast and video. I have exclusive content over on Patreon. I will have cat, I will have tiers for rankings, this showdown slate over there, as well as projections for all of the Thanksgiving games, my game-by-game notes for Thanksgiving. That's just Thanksgiving. Then there's the rest of the week. I have exclusive podcasts and content and more things over there. So if you like what I do over here on these free channels, go and check out Patreon linked up down below. Also, Instagram, at you can follow me, Sal Vetri, there. I'll be posting exclusive content, giving away sneak peeks and ways into how you can get some of the content for free on Patreon for Thanksgiving, as well as other times as well. And then also Twitter, at Sal Vetri DFS, I post content updates as well as just helpful information and statistics that I think are at least worth seeing while you scroll through Twitter to help your process for the week or at least are interesting to ponder. So, Thank you so much. I really do appreciate you tuning into this. Again, everything is up in the description or down, I would say, in the description. You can click the show more to find links over to Patreon, my social medias, the free strategy guides, etc. But let's get into this showdown slate. Right now, I have currently 15 players in an interest pool. If you're entering like one to 10 lineups, this is kind of the pool that I would go with. If you're going to enter 20 plus 50, 150, well, then you should be adding more players than just this. We're still working through some injury news as I record this. So on the New Orleans side of the ball at the top, we'll do the injuries and then we'll go through each of these players and I'll break it down and we'll have a nice little podcast and, and video for everybody here. So uh, Marshawn Lattimore has a real shot of playing, they say, on Thursday, which would be very impactful, obviously, as one of the best shutdown cornerbacks in the league this season. Uh, and he has missed the last two games. He got injured the last time that he played the Falcons. He got injured about a third of the way through that game. He was on Julio for about 31% of Julio's snaps. And then obviously when he was not out there because he was injured, Julio was able to um, really break free somewhat in the second half, but not much. But Lattimore would be a big bump for New Orleans. That's the biggest thing that they're dealing with overall on both sides of the ball, I would say. They have Traquan Smith back and healthy, and that's the only real piece. They have Jared Cook back and healthy now for about a month. Those are the only real pieces we've been waiting on. Kamara healthy for three weeks. On, this, on the Falcon side of the ball, though, some, some injury news everywhere. Austin Hooper is doubtful to play this week, but keep an eye on that. Maybe he suits up, but they said he's likely to miss the rest of November. So coming back a week early doesn't make that much sense, especially on a short week. Um, it seems like Devonta Freeman is going to be practicing this week. If he returns, it just makes already who is pretty much irrelevant. And we'll talk about Brian Hill, Quadre Olison, Kenyon Barner. These guys are just pretty much dust plays anyways at their price points, but they wouldn't even be in play, in my opinion, if Devonta Freeman does return. We'll track his status. Um, and then you have Julio Jones dealing with the shoulder injury. They did not, any none of these teams practice on Monday, but they entered tentative reports saying that he would not have practice if they had to. 
That's usually what you get on these short Thursday night football games and just Thursday games in general. Teams won't practice on Monday. They just put this phantom report out there saying what would have happened. So it's really hard to actually tell, I would say. Um, It's not as much emphasis behind it. They're kind of making things up to an extent. Uh, But yeah, it seems like I would imagine Julio plays on the short week here. Um, But it seems like there's a chance he might not. But just track it as the week goes on. Um, Brait, or not Brait, Blake would see... I believe it is Christian Blake would see more overall snaps. He saw 30 routes run last week when Julio ahead of Justin Hardy. So that is the injuries. Those those are the important news. Uh, let's get into some of these interests. I have four yeses as of right now. And then just I have 11 um, X's, which if you're new to my channel, yes means yes, I have interest in them right now. X means, uh, yeah, I'm going to have them in player pools, but they're not a priority on this slate for one reason or another. So starting with my yeses, Michael Thomas. Look, I'm not going to get cute. He's 11,600. He's had at least eight receptions in eight straight games now. He's in the slot on 28.6% of his slot snaps. I just, I'm going to post a tweet by the time you're seeing this, it's going to be out. Um, there's a tweet that I, I looked up some information. The Saints just don't use slot wide receivers. They have 13 receptions this year for like 180 yards. But if your name is Michael Thomas and you're in the slot, you have 33 receptions for 370 plus yards. So he's using the slot quite often, more so than people expect, around 30% of the time, 28.6 to be exact. So it doesn't matter who the matchup is for him. He'll have a fine one in this one. Uh, Isaiah Oliver on the outside has been a little bit better as of late, but nowhere near as good to stop Michael Thomas as you saw multiple weeks back. Thomas is just going to be a smash play, right? Um, it's an improving quarterback in Oliver, but he'll go into the slot a third of the time. He really won't see anybody for more than 30, 40% of this game, and he's just consistent and a monster. You're expecting 10 receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown. He's going to break on this pace as long as he stays healthy. The single-season receptions record, he's already breaking tons of records. He has more receptions than like two or three teams combined this season, which is just absolutely insane. He's 11,600. He's expensive. If you don't want to go with him in your captain spot, that makes sense. You have cheaper receivers like Julio for $2,400 less, but he's at least worth heavy consideration in your utility spots. Alvin Kamara at $10,200. Look, Atlanta ranks 12th in rush defense, only allowing 92.8 yards per game. Kamara's only seen six more carries than Latavius Murray since he returned three weeks ago. Two carries more per week. 28 carries for Kamara and 22 over the last three weeks. So you look at that and you go, wow, why am I going to pay 10200 for Kamara? Well, the next part, 55 to 27 out touching um, a guy like Latavius Murray when it comes to the receiving game because Kamara has erupted over the last three weeks in receptions. 27 receptions, that is nine per week for the math there. Over the last three weeks, when he faced Atlanta the last time, I believe he had, or when he faced yeah Atlanta the last time, I believe he had a seven reception game. So yeah, he's just been hot in the receiving game. And if you're going to get that, you have to consider him. Even if you get a below average game here from Kamara in the receiving game of uh, seven receptions for 70 yards, and he doesn't get in the end zone, he picks up 50 to 60 yards on the ground and doesn't get in the end zone, right? You're looking at a, at a projection of around 20 fantasy points for Alvin Kamara in this matchup. And that's if he doesn't get in the end zone and doesn't explode in one of the departments of the ground game or the receiving game. So, of course, $10,200 Alvin Kamara, who, who spoiled a lot of people last year in Thursday Night Football as a high-owned running back on the three-game slate, the highest-owned running back um, against this Atlanta team that gives up receptions like crazy, even though less this year, but a little bit skewed because they haven't faced the Kamaras and the McCaffreys as earlier in the year like they usually do. They're facing them now. Kamara's fine to get to. Uh, I think he's absolutely a great play. It just depends on how you want to prioritize Michael Thomas and Kamara. Um, I think that I probably prioritize Thomas more. The price point's obviously a little bit more restrictive, but I think that there's ways to work around it. Julio at 9,200 becomes one of the better captain options if he suits up. He usually plays through these injuries. Again, he did not practice on the tentative Monday report. He saw Marshawn Lattimore only 31.4% of the time. 
but that was due to injury, so don't look too much into it. Uh, he had zero catches and one target about on a third of those snaps during that game. He would likely to be, there's a chance that he gets bracketed by Eli Apple. They did this last year for both games, including the Thursday night football and Thanksgiving. Uh, Eli Apple covered him, and then they put a safety over the top. New Orleans right now ranks 12th in the league in terms of how many yards per game they allow to wide receivers, but there's a spot where this becomes very favorable for Julio. If Julio suits up and Marshawn Lattimore ends up not playing because it's, it's, it's a shot right now, they're saying. So it seems like an outside chance or at most very questionable for Lattimore to play on this short week. Then you might have a $9,200 Julio Jones going up against Eli Apple for the, at best for the majority of this game. Probably sees double teams, of course. And I really like that. Um, so $9,200 Julio makes for a fine captain option as long as he's healthy. Even if Lattimore is on him, I think he's fine. Uh, last year, obviously, he got bracketed. Like we said, he was not. He did not see Lattimore either time last year. But the year before that, uh, he averaged about 120 yards per game against Lattimore. So Lattimore has never shut him down in his career. Russell Gage of 4,600 is probably, in my opinion, the best overall play in the slate. Maybe not for your captain spot, but over the last month since Sanu has been traded, which was now a month ago, pretty quick, 30-plus routes run per week since Sanu was traded, about 32 to be exact. He has 21 receptions and 189 yards and no touchdowns. He had the one called back after it was reviewed that he did not catch it. 27 targets, that's 6.8 per week. So he's seeing about seven targets per week, and he's seeing somewhere around a five and a half receptions per game since you've had no Muhammad Sanu and keep in mind two of these games the Falcons were up two to three scores they were up huge so they just did not have to pass the ball that much we saw Gage being the leading receiver on this team last week when they had to pass much more he's likely to see PJ Williams in the slot this week as long as Marshawn Lattimore suits up if Lattimore does not suit up PJ Williams will likely go to the outside as well making it an even better matchup for the Calvin Ridley's and the Julio Jones of the world but keep an eye on that. Otherwise, Gage will get a backup slot cornerback, which is even better for Gage, of course. Um, so yeah, I like this. PJ Williams in the slot this season, a 112.9 pass rating against in nine games. New Orleans has been playing a lot of zone lately to cover up kind of their, their worries in the slot and PJ Williams for two years now. But either way, that, that helps the slot wide receiver even more if you're going to play his own defense against, against them. It's pretty much just telling them to catch the ball and they just won't be able to get as many yards after the catch. But if you tell me that I can get two, three more receptions at a gauge at 4,600 on a showdown slate because they're going to run more zone. I like that. So moving to the quarterbacks, those are my four yeses. It is Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Julio, and Gage. Quarterbacks, they're both maybes. I think they're both great plays, but I don't have a priority in one over the other. You have a a $1,200 cheaper Matt Ryan. If I had to lean one way, I would lean Matt Ryan especially if you get no Marshawn Lattimore, but they're both just having a ton of volume this year. If you take out the game where Drew Brees only attempted like five passes, got hurt against the Rams, Drew Brees is averaging 41 pass attempts per game. Atlanta ranks 28th in coverage this season. Atlanta gives up the six most passing yards per game at 276. Last time they played though was when Atlanta came off the bye week and they just exploded with pass rush after making some personnel changes to their defensive line. They ended up sacking Brees six times. I don't expect that to happen once again. Overall, Atlanta gives up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So it's a fine spot for Breeze. He's just 10,800. And if you're playing Breeze, you're sacrificing either Kamara or Michael Thomas. You can't get to Thomas, Kamara, and Breeze. And if you think you can, you're just going to end up playing $200 or $600 players who have no upside at all. So I think that you, I'd rather sacrifice Breeze than Michael Thomas or Kamara. And that's kind of where the game theory comes in and that this is a really good matchup for Breeze, of course, even if Atlanta's pass rush is now revived after not showing up last week, but showing up two out of the last three weeks. Uh, it's still a spot where it's great spots on the outside for all of these um, players, the priority guys being Thomas, Kamara, and Jared Cook. Uh, so I, I'd slightly lean Ryan just because he's a little bit cheaper. He's averaging 40 pass attempts per game, had 45 plus last week. New Orleans ranks seventh in pressure rate, 16th in coverage. So above average in pass rush, right around exactly average in, in actual coverage. And that number definitely drops if you get no Marshawn Lattimore in this game. 
If Freeman returns this week, that helps him because Quadre Olsen and Brian Hill have been nothing in the pass catching game and not having Hooper has really hurt Ryan over the last three weeks of the season with Jayadeen uh, J- Graham, I believe the name is. Uh, he has filled in with a big 50-yard catch on the opening drive last week, but other than that, four targets, three catches, 76 yards, and two games filling in for uh, Austin Hooper. It's been really hard for Matt Ryan not having that short to intermediate game. We saw him last week start to develop more of a rapport with Russell Gage, Gage again being the leading receiver on the team. I think you see that once again, Gage will continue to step into this Austin Hooper role as he is doubtful for this week. But if Freeman comes back, it really helps Ryan. If you're picking a quarterback this week uh, for the showdown slate, I slightly lean Matt Ryan just because I prefer uh, paying up and that extra $1,200 will help me get more, get more of Julio Kamara and Thomas into my lineups. Calvin Lee at $8,000. He saw 82.1% Eli Apple in the week 10 game. Eli Apple held him to three catches for 28 yards on four targets. So played him very well. Again, Lattimore was injured that week. So we don't know what the coverages will actually look like for a full game. Lattimore got injured in like the first quarter early in that one. There's a potential that Ridley like last year can see just a one-on-one matchup against Lattimore and Lattimore will absolutely shut down Calvin Ridley. Ridley saw 14 targets last week, 22 over the last two weeks at $8,000. If you go, if you get no Marsh on Lattimore, Ridley is one of the better plays in the slate. Jared Cook's priced up to 6600 but we're finally seeing this preseason hype from Jared Cook coming around. Uh, they hyped him up in the preseason. We've seen that now. He's played about a month since his injury. He's ran the fifth most routes in the league over the last three games because over the past month they've had their bye week. That's 31.7. That's fifth most routes run for tight ends. That's 31.7 per week. He's produced as well over those three games for 14 receptions, 206 yards, and two touchdowns, averaging about 6.3 targets per game. I think the price point, honestly, is a little bit steep on the showdown slate. On the three-game slate, you can see the other video. I think it's actually nice. It's a nice price point there. Um... But $6,600, like you're choosing him. This 6K range is thin, right? If you get no Devonta, if you get no Devonta Freeman, there's really nothing in the 6K range. There's only two options in the 5K range and one option in the 7K range. And I don't like him as Latavius Murray. So I, although I think the price point on Cook is a little bit steep, like you're paying a lot for six targets out of a tight end, at least his targets are one downfield. And two, just the actual theory of this slate in terms of strategy for DFS and not looking at the matchups and stuff is it's one, a good matchup for, for cook, but it's also where else do you go in the mid range, right? Your only other options in the 5k range are the two Atlanta running backs who we'll talk about in a second, but I don't like them is $7,000. Latavius Murray is the only 7k option. And just say Devonta Freeman doesn't suit up this weekend. There's literally one option in the 6k, uh, 5k and 7k range that is viable in my opinion. And that's Jared cook. So just a product of the slate. He becomes interesting. Devonta Freeman at 6,200. Yeah. If he suits up, I'll have some interest, but again, he's overpriced. I'd rather pay for Jared cook. Why is he overpriced? You say, well, he's only averaging 12.4 rush attempts per game that he's been healthy in. He's only running about 21 routes per week, which is actually pretty decent for a running back. But when you run 21 routes per week, that is a below average slot wide receiver role. A good slot wide receiver will run around 28 or an above average will run around 28 to 30 routes per week. So what you're paying is $6,200 for a guy who is going to face a top five uh, run defense. The Saints give up, they rank fourth overall, but give up the fewest rushing yards per game at 60, um, at 61.8 this season. So you're getting a very awful matchup for a running back who has not been good behind this offensive line run blocking scheme due to injuries this season and just overall not being good players on the offensive line. Uh, and now you're paying $6,200 for what is pretty much a guy that you're going to rely on catching you like five balls in the receiving game and all of his catches are going to come at or like right behind the line of scrimmage. So not much upside there. I really don't like Devonta Freeman, the more that I talk about it, I'm going to talk myself off of this Devonta Freeman ledge. The only reason he was originally an X and I just made him an N for no was because there's just nothing in the 6K range, but I definitely prefer Jared Cook. Here's the end of the day. Devonta Freeman, if he suits up in this one and is limited, let's say he gets 10 carries, 
for 30 yards um, against this really good run defense. They're only giving up, again, 68.1 total yards per game on the ground. And then if he catches four balls for you for 40 yards, he's still only finishing with 11 points. Very touchdown dependent, of course. The more opportunities, the more touchdowns. So that's good. I'm, I'm very on the, on the line of making him a yes or a no. We'll leave him for a no for this video. Let me know in the comments below. Do you think Devonta Freeman is in play? And don't just take the name value for it. Take into account the matchup, the fact that it'll probably be limited, the fact that his price point is 6200 for a guy that is probably going to touch the ball 12 to 15 times and you're banking on like five receptions and getting in the end zone. Next up are the two kickers. The same thing as always. Kickers are fine to roster, but I recommend just using one so that you don't cap your overall points upside because they have low ceilings and a stable floor. Um, I prefer the New Orleans kicker if you're going to pick one. I think both are fine. Maybe you correlate it with your lineups a little bit more. Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith. This is a toss-up. Uh, since Traquan Smith returned three weeks ago, he is running 97 routes to Ted Ginn's 96. So literally dead even there. He is playing more snaps than Ted Ginn, but he's just on the field more for more run blocking um, because he's a better run blocker as on the outside as a wide receiver. So they're pretty much having the exact same usage. So the snaps, although Traquan is outsnapping Ted Ginn by a ton, the usage is the exact same. Again, 96 routes run for Ted Ginn over the last three weeks, 97 for Traquan Smith. I think I prefer Ted Ginn slightly for $400 more. And here's why we touched, I touched on it earlier. Michael Thomas is running a ton of routes uh, out of the slot, the most out of any receiver on this team. And he's not even a slot wide receiver. He plays 28.6% of his snaps out of the slot, but he's producing the most 33 receptions. The rest of the Saints team, and I get it, Traquan was hurt for half of the season. But the rest of the Saints team only has 13 receptions during that time. Traquan, since returning, has only seen one target. He ended up catching it for a 10-yard reception out of the slot, and he's played 69.1% of his snaps out of the slot since returning. The Saints just don't use slot wide receivers. They rarely use their number two receiver. The priority in the pecking order goes number one, tier one of his own, Michael Thomas, number two, tier two of his own, Alvin Kamara, and then tier three, it goes like Jared Cook and Ted Ginn on tier four. Like they just don't use slot wide receivers. Austin Carr, when he was filling in a bad slot wide receiver, never even saw a target in four weeks filling in for uh, Ted Ginn. It's just insane. So yeah, I think Traquan, you saw him last weekend in the end zone. He has that type of upside. He's a big bodied receiver around the red zone, but just in terms of how often they use slot wide receivers, not great. Now, He'll have a really good matchup in the slot against either Kendall Sheffield or DeMonte KZ. They've been rotating them in and out. But that being said, the usage is there. He's running 30 routes per week. They just don't look at him. I'd slightly prefer Ted Ginn for bigger play upside. We saw Drew Brees throw down the field three times 20 plus yards, which you rarely see. So maybe they're using that a little bit more. I'll slightly prefer Ted Ginn over Traquan, but both are in play. I like the Falcons defense at 2,800. Don't like really much about them, right? The pass rush has been revived a little bit. So that's at least uh, an emergence of that is nice to see. But at 2,800, it's just the price point on the showdown slate. I prefer positional players over them. I would prefer some guys in the, um, really just one, maybe J.D. Uh, and Grand. Graham for Atlanta, the tight end, as long as Hooper is out, which he seems doubtful. I'd probably prefer getting to either Ted Ginn or Traquan and hope for a touchdown. But I do think due to their price point, they are also uh, in play this week. And then my final maybe is going to be Graham, the tight end for Atlanta. Look, he hasn't been doing much, but he's running 30 and a half routes over the last two weeks. If you continue to get no Hooper, uh, and if you get no Freeman, it helps Graham. If Freeman is back, it will hurt Graham a little bit. Three receptions, 76 yards on four targets over the last two games. 67% of his yardage came on that one big first quarter, first drive reception last week for 50 plus yards. So it's a little bit skewed. Really, for the most part, he hasn't done much in these two games outside of his usage is really nice. 30.5 routes run per week the last two games. He's a maybe. He's not a smash play at 2,400, though. And then my nose, Latavius Murray, six less carries than Kamara over the last three weeks, but 22 less receptions. It's a steep price point to pay for Murray. When Kamara is active this season, Latavius Murray has 54 total carries in nine games. That is six carries per game. That is not good. And he sees 1.2 targets per game. So you're paying for 
1.2 receptions per game. You're paying for about seven touches for $7,000 for Latavius Murray on average against a top 12 run defense. Not good at all. Brian Hill, Quadra Olsen, even if Devonta Freeman is out, I don't want these guys. Brian Hill, 24 carries for 44 yards over the last two games since Freeman has been hurt. Olsen has seen 23% of the snaps, 12 carries, 31 yards, but he actually found the end zone on two one-yard touchdowns. Brian Hill had a touchdown called back two weeks ago. I just don't want it in this matchup. Saints allow the least rushing yards per game at 61.8 per game, and they're ranked fourth overall in rush defense according to Pro Football Focus. Both these running backs are bad. Even if Devonta Freeman is out, I don't want them. Uh, rest of it, Kenyon Barner only playing 17.8% of the snaps, seeing less snaps since um, Olison has taken over. Uh, his price point at $2,000 is way too high. Taysom Hill has three touchdowns this year. Two of them are actually with uh, Drew Brees healthy. First game of the year, and then the game that Brees returned week eight. But $1,400 seems extreme. You probably get zero more times than not touches. With the upside of two total touches, usually his touches result in like six to eight yard rushes. What you're hoping for is touchdowns. He has three this year, three receiving ones. He had two rushing touchdowns last year. So there is touchdown upside there. It's just I'd rather not pay 1400 for a touchdown when I can pay like 600 for the same type of touchdown upside, in my opinion. Maybe a little bit greater for Taysom Hill compared to some of these cheap players. But I don't think it's that much greater because at 1400, if Hill has seven points, scores a touchdown or six and a half, uh, 6.8 has an eight yard carry for a touchdown. He might not even be needed. Odds are he is because he's scoring the same as kickers for half the price. But again, he might not be needed based on if Traquan Smith goes off or if Ted Ginn in that mid range go off. You just don't need the cheaper guy. Justin Hardy at $1,000 isn't in play for me. Hasn't run a route over the last two out of the three weeks. Russell Gage is now the full-time slot wide receiver and Christian Blake has jumped him on the outside. Last week, Blake ran 30 routes filling in for Julio when he was injured to Justin Hardy, zero. Josh Hill, when Jared Cook is healthy, only runs about 10 routes per week, the backup tight end. No interest there. Luke Stock, uh, Stocker, since Hooper has been hurt, has been the backup tight end behind Graham. Zero catches on uh, for one, on one target over the last two games, running just about 10 routes per week. And then Christian Blake is only going to be in play at $200 if Julio is out for this game. He'd actually be one of the better plays in the slate. So that's it. We just discussed 25 players. If this helped you build your lineup for the Thursday night slate tonight, hopefully you're enjoying all that food. Please do hit the subscribe button. Uh, It's free to do that. It doesn't really bug you at all if you do it. It just helps me grow this channel as an independent content creator, full-time job here. So appreciate all the support. Subscribe to the audio version, the podcast, if you're listening over there, how those years doing. Really do appreciate it. Linked up down below is my Patreon exclusive content. We'll have my rankings for Showdown as well as the entire slate, the three-game slate over on Patreon. If you want to get that, you can check out the link down below. Be sure to follow me on my social media, Salvetri on Instagram, at DFS over on Twitter. I urge you to check out Instagram, though. I'll release some exclusive content updates over there that will be free for only Instagram followers only. So my name is Sal. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Enjoy the holiday if you're watching this, and it's still Wednesday when I release this. So thank you so much. Peace out, gang. Y'all rock. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.